welcome to Pandemic Parenting Sucks, a podcast where I talk about my kids and school and just basically vent all of my frustrations that I'm going through right now and I'm sure other parents are going through and can relate to it. Um, Thanks everybody that keeps on listening and thanks to my international listeners. The This week I'm going to talk about starting band, our school's decision for the rest of the school year, and finding books for my 10-year-old. I'll go ahead and start with finding books because it kind of goes in the same, the chronologically, the exact order. Um, so just to kind of give reference to this. My children are completely online e-learning and the teacher, my son's fifth grade teacher, is reading them a book out loud and they read a chapter every day except for Mondays and Fridays. So they read a chapter on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays and Mondays are independent work. So there's no lives on Mondays. So they're just, um, have the homework and they complete it on their own time. Well, the homework assignment on Monday was over the chapter, the chapter that the teacher read on Thursday. I don't know how many of you have 10 year old little boys or 10 year old little girls at this point. Um, he couldn't remember anything that they'd read on Thursday. He remembered like the generalizations, but he didn't remember it to the point that he could fill out the worksheet. And he started panicking because they don't have an actual physical copy of this book. And I was like, well, that's why God invented Amazon. But I really didn't want to spend money on this book if I didn't have to. And So I looked at our local public library. So this is a PSA for everybody who has public libraries. Our library has an ebook program where I can check out ebooks for 14 days and I can send them to my child's pad. Not his school pad, though. I could only send them to his personal pad. And so I went on to our local library and I found out, yes, yes, they do have this book. And I was able to rent it right then. I sent it to his pad. And once I had it all set up and everything and I could send it through Kindle, the Kindle app to his pad. It maybe took 15 minutes to get this all taken care of um, from beginning to end. And he was able to reread the chapter. And then he started reading the chapters as his teacher read the chapters. So reading along And he, that's very, it's been really, really helpful for his memory. He is not an auditory learner. I don't know how many of you guys have um, went over the different types of learners. He's a very visual learner. He needs to see it to learn it. That's why this e-learning has been particularly difficult on him. He needs to see you work out a math problem. He needs to see you work out a science problem. He needs to see the words on the page to get it into his memory. My um, seven-year-old is an auditory learner, but she still likes to see it, but she will learn better if she's told it. Well, he learns better if he's uh, he can see it. 
So I rented him the book from the library. We have it for 14 days. I think I can renew it once. So I'll probably go in and renew it once. And he actually went through and reread everything that she had read to them already. So he could get it in his brain better. And he did so much better. Um, and that relieved a lot of stress. So that's a hint for all you parents out there. Check your local library. See if they have an ebook program. So they can send you the books right away if you need them. Also check with your library and see if they have the books in stock. I think if I wouldn't have needed it right away for that assignment, I probably would have called the library to see if they had a paper copy. I know our local library in our town tends to carry several paper copies of the books that the teachers are reading in class so the students can go there and check them out, but they only carry a couple copies. So you have to be on it to check them out. Um, granted, if we had to... If I had to buy it on Amazon, I think the ebook was like $3.99. So it wouldn't be like the end of the world, but I preferred to borrow it from the library if at all possible. I also want to give the library my patronage whenever I can. Libraries are so important and not and they're even more important now with e-learning. There were they've set up um Wi-Fi hotspots so the kids can go in there with their pads and get on and do their classwork. Because we live in a very, um, I don't want to say impoverished area, but we live in an area with a lot of disadvantage and over 70% of our children qualify for free lunches in our district. So not a lot of the children have Wi-Fi and with everything being e-learning right now, they need access to it. Yes, there are programs to get Wi-Fi, but... So the parents aren't in stable enough housing to qualify for it, to put it um, nicely. So a lot of the children do use the Wi-Fi at the library and they sit down with their pads. And when I went in there a couple weeks ago to return some books, there was more children than I expected sitting up on tables by themselves in the children's section. And the librarians are amazing. We have great, great children's librarians in our area. Um, one of the guys that's been there forever, you just tell him like the genre and he'll find a bunch of books for you. And now they've created a program that like I can put in dinosaur books and they'll have 10 dinosaur books for me to pick up to read with my child. So again, that's my advocacy for the library. I love the library in our area. And that's how we found the book. And honestly, it's really helped decrease his stress levels by having the book there. I think it'd be better if he had like a physical copy of the book, but the ebook is will work just fine because it's not on the same pad as his school pad. So he can read it while she reads it and still be in the live and not leave. So if you need finding books, that's an option. Um... We found a lot of, for my daughter who is seven and my auditory learner, we found a lot of YouTube videos of people reading the books. So that's been very, very helpful. She's reading the Junie B. Jones series for her um, class in her small group. So we've started reading that and doing the worksheets and stuff for that. And so we've been able to find a lot of that stuff on the internet. Um... Then we also have 
the the trumpet. So um, I'll tell you about the trumpet. Um, last Friday, so after I had recorded this podcast, my son pointed out that fifth grade is the year you start band. Those of us that are from the States, those of us specifically from like Illinois, fifth grade is the year. Uh, you pick your instrument, you start your basics. If you don't start when you're in fifth grade, you basically can't start. Like fifth grade is the milestone year. And our district, because we're e-learning, had decided that it was not going to start any new fifth graders in band. They could start if they already knew how to play an instrument. But if they didn't know how to play an instrument, they weren't going to start them. Well, I decided that was unacceptable. Um, the My son had been expressing interest the past two years. In our school district, what happens is in fourth grade, they start them, no, third grade, they start them playing the recorder. And I don't know if anybody has ever suffered through a child playing on the recorder, but they start them playing the recorder in third grade. In fourth grade, they can play the recorder or the bells and they continue to play the recorder if they want to play a wind instrument when they do band or they can transfer over to the bells if they want to play a percussion. Well, my son transferred over. He didn't do the bells, but he did the single drum last year and he decided he didn't like it that much, so he wanted to play the trumpet in band. And he had decided that, ooh, probably the end of the year, right before we all went on lockdown, that he he didn't really like the drums. So he, um, we decided to, you know, okay, well, if band comes up next year, then we'll get you in there and we'll do the trumpet, I guess. Um so I contacted the district and they said they weren't letting any new kids do band. And I asked, you know, what if they've done the the pre-work, the prep for band for the past two years? And I was still told, no, if he still has no knowledge of the instrument. He can't play in band. I obviously didn't let it sit with that because I'm telling you the story of how we got the trumpet. And so I would say probably 15 emails and phone calls back and forth I finally got the director of performing arts for an, our entire district uh, to email me back. And then she emailed me who would be the band teacher for our school if our school was in session. And he's an amazing person. He emailed me back right away. He said, you know, we're not starting. I'm not making this publicly. You know, I'm not making a public announcement, but if you can get your hands on an instrument, get your hands on the book, we can start you in band. He gave us a choice of a couple instruments, and of course the trumpet was on there, and so were the drums. I was secretly hoping for the drums, but no, my son picked the trumpet, and he did that on Monday. I talked to the band teacher on Tuesday. They gave me suggestions on like trumpet brands and stuff to buy, and because we'd already missed the order for the school district to get instruments. So he gave me a list of trumpet brands and he's like, good luck. Let me know if you can't get it. We'll start looking at pawn shops, um, try the local music stores. We have one music store here in town, but they don't sell band instruments. 
you like put your order in and they look for them uh, at shops in other towns for you. Like they call around to their other franchises to find them. Um, but it could take up to four weeks for them to find it. And I really didn't want to waste another four weeks because we are our, we are on week five of the school year. So we are already um, pretty deep into the school year. And he he's missed five weeks of band. And granted, he's the only fifth grader in his school. So out of like 350 kids, he is the only fifth grader in band. And there is only two kids in the upper grade and um then so there's three kids out of 350 kids in his entire school doing band right now and the and he his band teacher isn't even allowed to practice at their school because they're not letting any kids into the school so we had to go to the other school he teaches at and we got to practice outside and it was really nice and he had his first band practice today. Um, I ordered some noise canceling headphones on Amazon and hopefully we're all set there. But so I looked on Facebook Marketplace. Also, shout out to Facebook Marketplace. I looked on Facebook Marketplace. I just typed in trumpet and I typed in 60 miles from my house. And I found a lady who was selling her daughter's trumpet for $75. Now, if anyone's ever followed the price of band instruments, that was a really good deal. And it's on a, it's a Bach um, trumpet, which is one of the better brands. So, and her daughter only lasted a year playing in it, playing it for band. So I was like, you know, score. <laughs> I emailed her and... By one o'clock on Tuesday, so granted the band teacher called me at 7.30 Tuesday morning, so by one o'clock on Tuesday, we had the trumpet. I had picked it up, brought it home, went to a very scary area of a town, and, but, I mean, she was a lovely person, but the area was slightly terrifying, and got the trumpet, brought it back. My father-in-law, who plays the coronet in the trumpet, and the accordion, but that's neither here nor there. He took the trumpet out, showed me how to clean it and what to do there. And then we bought the music book and Lucas started band. So my 10-year-old started band and today, and he was very happy. He came out smiling. I mean, you couldn't tell he was smiling. He had a mask on, but he, he was very happy. He was very excited. He got you know, how often are you going to get one-on-one -on -one lessons once a week for free? So he gets to practice with his band instructor for 45 minutes all by himself once a week. And it's no cost to us. The school district picks it up. Granted, when we do go back to school, that will change. He will be in practice with other kids. However, that leads to my next segue we found out this morning at 10 a.m. that we are not going back to school face-to-face -face anytime soon. The um, school district released that we won't be going back to school face-to-face -face until November 13th, maybe. And the reason I say maybe is it just sounds a little hinky for that school date. Granted, 
a lot of things are going to happen between now and November 13th. And those things include presidential election. Those things include a school board election. We are seeing five members of our school board up for election in November, the beginning of November. So um, that could change the decision-making process. Granted, they're supposed to make the decision on November, October 30th. So we'll see how that goes. And November 13th is just, it's such a weird date for us. So they would start November 16th, I think. I think that's Monday. I think they'd start November 16th back to school. That would give them a week and a day of school before Thanksgiving break. And then they are out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of Thanksgiving break. And then they will go back to school. If they're in face-to-face, they would go back to school for the first, second, and third week. And then they are out again December 18th for Christmas break and don't go back until January 6th. So, I yes, they said they're going to redo decisions October 30th. For November 13th, I just don't realistically see them sending these kids back to school for a week, then a break, then three weeks, and then a two-week break, and then back. I, you know, the one part of me is hoping and wishing and wishing that they go back to school November 13th. Like, that would be amazing. However, the realistic part of me is going, I don't think they're going to send them back for a week to take them out for a week, to send them back for three weeks, to take them out for two weeks. I think October 30th, they're going to say, hey, guess what? We'll see you in January. And honestly, I'm not even sure if we'll go back in January. There's been a lot of talk back and forth on, do we go back in the middle of flu season, considering these kids have not been around each other, Their immune systems are basically trashed at this point. We haven't been exposed to any illnesses or diseases or anything, which I'm not saying we should be exposed to diseases, but we haven't even got the common cold because we haven't left the house. So if we send them back in January in the middle of flu season without being exposed to anybody pre that, are they just all going to be sick? Is that going to be an issue? So... And my kids, for my kids, um, soccer ends October 17th. So they will not have any interaction with any other children after October 17th. And for those of you not in the Midwest and not in central Illinois, we had snow on Halloween last year. Like two or three inches of snow on Halloween. So November, December, January, February, March, and even sometimes the beginning of April are pretty much indoor months. We're not going to be able to go outside that much. So the kids are going to be stuck inside, not have any interaction with any of their kids. Probably still e-learning, which honestly e-learning this week is probably not the best week to ask me about e-learning. I was texting back and forth with one of my friends And I texted her the line um, from, I think the movie's called Nothing to Lose, where Martin Short is robbing 
a man and the guy goes, you picked the wrong guy on the wrong day. This is not the week to ask me about e-learning. Everybody is flipping their shit on Facebook right now when the school announced that we are still e-learning until November 13th. And there's people up there like, my kids are doing great. You know, I love e-learning. The teachers are trying. And again, like I've said previously in my, my podcast, I do not fault the teachers. They are doing their best. And my kids have great teachers. But just because your kid's doing good doesn't mean we should not help all the kids that are drowning. Um, If my kids didn't have me here with them through the entire process of e-learning every morning, they'd be lost. My daughter this morning, I had to reconnect her to her Google Meet six times. Her spelling test kept crashing and she couldn't open her science experiment app. So I'm constantly troubleshooting with her. My son is pretty much able to manage it on his own. But if there is still a a tech issue, I need to be aware of this. We need to keep on our up on our assignments. I was helping him with long division yesterday for a pretty decent amount of time. So it's honestly, e-learning is not working for us. We are limping along. My kids are turning their assignments in, which is more than I can say for other families. I mean, some families don't have internet like I was talking about. Some families still haven't even picked up their tech from the school to use. Um, it's, it's very frustrating. And again, my son's class, he's maybe getting half attendance in all of the lives for his class. And... Honestly, he, it's about the same for my daughter's class. So about half the kids are showing up. I don't know how many kids are actually turning work in because we are doing about four hours of live in-class teaching. And then probably I would say two to three hours of homework on top of that, depending on how on task my kids are and how quickly they work. So the thought of doing this till January kind of makes me want to vomit. I talked with my husband today and we're going to talk about it over the weekend how I can get more help because I'm not getting my work done and it's been a while since I mentioned it but I am teaching seven classes at two different colleges in three different programs and I'm not able to record my lectures I'm not able to interact with my students the way I need to because I am putting everything on hold to get my own children through school so I feel like I'm homeschooling my kids. The teachers are there, but there's so many kids in the classroom and they aren't doing actual, they're not doing their homework during the lives. So I'm spending all that time doing homework on top of them doing their lives, on top of tech support, on top of teaching, you know, long division, all of that's going on. And then add on a toddler who is going to turn three on Sunday and feeding everybody and making sure my house doesn't fall apart and you know all of the extras you know running errands I was used to teaching my classes and then able to run errands with my youngest while the others were in school and I could just pick them up after school and all of that's disrupted and it looks like it's going to be disrupted for a very long time When we got the phone call from the district that we were continuing e-learning up until November, I didn't like how they worded the message because it sounded like we may be e-learning for the rest of the academic year, so all the way up until May. 
Um, because they didn't know at what point do we just call it? Like, at what point do we stop trying to put them into school because it'll be such a big transition to go from e-learning to school, which obviously we wouldn't do that in May, but do we do it in April? Do we do it in March? When do we do it? Also, as to note, we are the only school district in our area who is doing e-learning. Everybody else is back to school. Um, there are some smaller outlying schools that are e-learning, but we are the only one larger school in our district still e-learning. And a lot of it has to do with busing, transportation of students. We don't know how to do that safely. And we have 13 elementary schools, one junior high, and two high schools in our district that do we, you know, go online at one school if they're, you know, do we go all e-learning at one school if there's an outbreak at that school? Do we make all the schools do e-learning if one school gets an outbreak? I think a lot of that stuff just wasn't figured out, and that's one of the reasons we are still e-learning, but it's frustrating. It's so, so frustrating. I didn't know whether to cry or vomit when they told us today because I know the November, it's not going to happen. I know it's going to be till January. And to have to tell my kids that, um, again, my three, my two-year-old who will be three on Sunday, she's not in preschool this year where she would have already started preschool, but I just kept her home from preschool because of COVID and having to wear masks and stuff. And I cannot get her to wear a mask at all. I could probably get a cat to wear a mask before I can get my two, almost three-year-old to wear a mask. But that is all for this week. Next week, I will probably talk to you about the doctor's appointment for her yearly checkup. So um, what that's like with COVID and how we deal with that. Is it a one or two parent thing? Do we have to sedate her to wear a mask? All of that. Um, you'll hear from me next week, I guess. Till then, we just keep on surviving.